You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. But good to be with you guys. If I don't know you, my name is Riz. I'm the pastor here at Reality Honolulu. So blessed and honored to be used by God in the way that he is and so encouraged by what God is doing in our community and how he's moving and how he's knitting us together and all that he's doing on Sundays and outside of Sundays. And uh, if you've been with us, you kind of know the format of what we do. We like to go verse by verse through scripture. Uh, We're in the book of Philippians, actually just finished chapter two, halfway done. It's been incredible, you know, just digging in and chewing on all that God has and allowing him to speak to us. But today, we wanted to pause and take some time to communicate what we feel like God is doing specifically in this local expression of our church. Uh, You would call this something like a vision Sunday where it's like casting vision or communicating what we feel like God is calling us to as a church, as Reality Honolulu. And so we're going to be looking not in Philippians for this, but actually out of a verse in a set of verses in the book of Titus. So why don't you go ahead and turn with me, if you have a Bible, to Titus 2, 11 through 14. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Today, uh, I'm going to be teaching out of the New Living Translation. So if you don't have it, we do have it on the PowerPoint. Uh, or obviously, you know, phones these days, you can quickly search it if you don't have a paper Bible in front of you. But what I want to do is we're going to get that. We're going to read that verse in a bit. But let me go ahead and pray for our time this morning, and uh, we'll get into it. <clears throat> Thank you, God. God, we mean it. We're so thankful that we have the honor to gather and to hear from you. That's why we do. We gather because we want to hear from the one true living God. God, we want to, we we believe that this is your word that we're studying, that's God breathed and God inspired, and it's profitable. It's 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 like a two-edged sword. It's like a fire and a hammer. It's, it's, it's like life to us. It's refreshment to our bones. It's a light into our path and a lamp unto our feet. So God, we just ask that you would lead us, shepherd us, care for us, speak to us, Holy Spirit. We give you this time, and God, we do pray that as a church, that our vision would always be, before we get into it, not our will, but your will be done pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I wanted to do is just kind of give you a little bit of like a precursor, a little background of kind of who we are and what we're about before we kind of get into it. And if you didn't know already, our, our, our goal and our hope as a church, it, it really is for God's will to be done, not to build our own kingdom. Not to build a reality's kingdom and we're the thing or, or just try things to do things and we'll see what happens. But we, so cons- we are, so, are so concerned, as Jesus was, in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, on the eve of his crucifixion, he prayed to his Father, not my will, but your will be done. That is our heart, that is the driving force of what we want to be, is we want to be a church to have that, that, that God's will is done through it. Not our own will, not our own plans, but God's plans. And so when many ask, as you, you know, start a church, we're not too old. We're like a little bit over a year old. Excuse me. 
when many ask, you know, what's the vision of reality? What's the vision? What are you guys about? I'm always hesitant to answer only because outside of like God's word, I don't really know what God specifically wants us to do until he tells us what he wants us to do. Right? Again, until we discern what God is doing, it's a little hard to be like, well, I think he's going to do all these things unless he's led us that way already. And again, it's, it's not bad to come up with goals and initiatives and you know, I'm not saying that when you do that as a church, it's bad, but, but personally as us, it's a little hard to be like, we're going to start 40 more Ohana groups and 100 more ministries, and it's like, well, unless God said it, we don't want to live under our own yoke of like what we put on ourselves. but we want to be led by the Lord, and we can't really say what God wants of us unless he's led us that way or told us. And so, right, like a little bit, it's a little hard sometimes unless until God discerns the vision Outside of his word, well, what are we supposed to be? What are we doing? To give you a little background, if you didn't know, we're, we're a part of, of, we call it the Reality Family of Churches. Reality Honolulu isn't a standalone church. We're a part of a family of churches that have been around for uh, 15 years, 16 years almost now. 2003, it was started in a little beach surf town in central California called Carpinteria, uh, just south of Santa Barbara. And... Uh, if you're familiar with the surf world, Britt Merrick is the lead guy that started it, good friend of mine, that um, just had a heart to be just led by the Lord, go back to his hometown, start a church. And uh, my, my wife, Zoe, that's her up here if you didn't know her, and, and myself, we met there um, right around that time and have been there ever since. And what God has done, it never was our wanting, but um, God has just led us to start more realities. And it's not like we don't, we wouldn't even call ourselves like a church planning movement or we're a church that starts churches. We'll start churches if God tells us to start churches. But Reality Honolulu can either be like the end of it, like we're the last, or there could be many more. But uh, for those of you guys that, that know the family, like in Central California, there's like Carpinteria, Ventura, Santa Barbara, that little area all has realities. Southern California, there's Reality LA. Northern California, there's Stockton and San Francisco. East Coast, we have a Boston reality. Uh, Europe, we have London, Reality London, just started like two years ago before us. And uh, we're the baby of the fam, just over a year old. Um, so not many, but again, we, we feel called to start churches when God leads us to. And we want to start healthy churches and not, um, you know, unhealthy churches or just a lot of them to start them. That's just our vision, what we feel called to. But family-wide, like a deep part of our DNA as a family of churches, is that we, the way in which we do anything is that we feel we, we should be call-driven and not need-driven, right? There is so many needs, especially in the church, because it's dealing with people, right? And there's so many different things that you could do. There's needs all the time. There's a need for this ministry. There's a need for that outreach. There's needs, needs, needs. But we feel that instead of just meeting needs, that, that would be the way in which we're driven, we feel like we are to be call-driven. And so it lends to that, like we only really want to do what God is calling us to, and we're so much more concerned with what God wants rather than what we should have or what needs arise or even what people say. And again, that can be a little hard because as a church, naturally, we're pretty slow about stuff. And most of the time, We'll be slow because we're trying to be careful to discern 
what and who should be doing things in and outside of the church. And so if you felt that way, like, what? It's like that's just a part of who we are. It's like we, we, we want desperately to do God's will and not be driven by needs, but driven by God's spirit. And uh, we, 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 you know, we believe strongly that God's will is his word and his word is his will. Like we're, we're Bible people. We have a strong emphasis on scripture. That's why we spend the majority of Sunday mornings in the word of God because we believe that God's word is the bedrock, the foundation to all that we know and believe. It's paramount to us. It is. Like if you want to, you know, what's that church about? Like we're a Bible people. We care about it. We're like, we it's, it's our lifeline, it's our plumb line, it's everything that we go to as a people. But also, we're Holy Spirit people. That, is, that doesn't co- contradict. I mean, it can. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't contradict the Word of God. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes, like, we have, you know, we can only be Bible people or only Spirit people, and it's hard to mix them because we've messed them up so much. Well, we are both. We desire to be Holy Spirit people. And what I mean by that is we believe that God's Spirit leads us and guides us also. Not in contradictory to his word, in the line to it, but there is certain times and seasons and things that God, by his Spirit, will lead us into. And the whole of Scripture would show us this, that God speaks to his people specifically in different times in different places. We believe that. We believe that God speaks. We believe that God's spoken in his word, and then he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he leads us into specific things. We're Bible people. We're Holy Spirit people. We endeavor as much as we can to discern God's will. Right? We know it. We have it. But we try to discern God's specific will for the church. And really, up until this point, up until this last fall, I would say in a lot of ways, we've just been functioning as like, we're just trying to be faithful to God's word and like, try to survive, right? Church plants, crazy, not a lot of people doing a lot of things. Like, let's just try to be faithful to God's word. But I feel like this fall, entering into this year, God has, you could say, codify or bring together what it is that he is wanting to do in this unique expression of God's church. And again, I think that's a long time of waiting and praying and kind of God leading and opening doors and him bringing up you and the makeup of who God brings and the passions and the desires and the open doors. And through all of that, in a sentence, as reality Honolulu, like the takeaway from like what, who are you and what are you called to do would be a family devoted business. That we, as Reality Honolulu, what is your vision? What, who are you? What are you about? We're a family devoted to our father's business. That's pretty much what we're going to look into today. And again, that doesn't change or take away other things about us. Like, for instance, if you go on the website right now, it'll say a community following Jesus. That's true. Absolutely. We're disciples following our Lord. But what we believe is that this, a family devoted to the Father's business, is something that we can grab a hold of, that we can strive and pray for and be reminded why we do this. It's real easy in the church, especially if you've gone for a while, to 
come to a point where you say, why do we do this? Why do we do the church? Why do I go on Sundays? Why do I give up my time and my money? And why am I volunteering for this stuff? I believe this will help us to grab hold of something that God specifically is doing in us. And a scripture, even before we started the church, that we didn't really know what it was for or when it was for, I believe is where God wants to, to bring us. And this is the Titus 2, 11 through 14 passage. This, this section of scripture has come up over and over again. So I'm going to read it here, and we're going to look at a few things. This is Paul speaking to Titus. Paul says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures, and we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed, he gave his life to us to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Context sake. Context is really important anytime reading scripture, right? This is Paul the Apostle, the same guy that wrote the book of Philippians. He's writing this letter. This is a letter written to his buddy Titus. Titus is like another Timothy type of guy in Paul's life. This young apprentice that served with him. Now Titus, Paul's left Titus on the island of Crete. You know, the biggest, biggest Greek island off the coast. And he's left him there, and there's a lot to do. There's a lot of things wrong with the church. He's got to raise up different leadership in the church. Uh, he's trying to, Paul is trying to equip Titus to be able to shepherd and care for the church and the leadership on Crete. So this is a part of what he's doing by instructing him of what the church should look like. And there's two things that jump out to me. The first one is this idea that God's people are to be devoted to God. And so as a church, we're to be a devoted family. He, he says there specifically that, that God calls us right out of darkness. He cleanses us to make us as Christians his very own people. And the Bible would make it really clear that believers are a part of the body of Christ or the bride of Christ. Romans 8 would even say it further that when we're saved, we're literally adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. The church is to be a family, a faith family. As disciples, as Christians, as the church, we are to be a family. What he says here in context is that in that, as a family, as God's own people, what that should do is that we should be set apart as the church from the world. Because in context, he say, in the middle of a perverse generation, in the middle of all this godless living, the church, my own people that I've saved and redeemed, you ought to be different. You're to be image bearers of God. You're to, you're to bear the image of God. You're to be holy and set apart. You're to look different and act different. And specifically, for this local expression of the body of Christ, reality, 
We very much feel that God has and is calling us to view this local expression as a family. And I understand that for some of us, it's hard to like get a good sense of family because our own like earthly families, we don't have a good picture of that. So it's like, I don't, or you've been a part of other churches or whatever it is. You, you maybe have a, like a, I don't know if that sits right with you. But in the, in the best sense, God wants to do a new work and make us a gospel-centered, authentic family. Believe that. And so, what's important to us, like what's important to us as a church is each other, is community, is relationships, it's emotional health, it's like being a healthy family. You can be a family, but be super dysfunctional, right? Super dysfunctional. We're family, but like, I can't even be around you. I don't like to talk to you. I dread family reunions, blah, blah, blah. The church is called to be a family, and you can feel the same way about your church. And if we're not careful, we'll end up being a dysfunctional church. If we're not careful, and if we're not mindful, if we're not praying for and fostering and cultivating healthy family stuff. And so what, what's important to us is, is all of you, all of us, the people, right? It's God's church. He's the senior pastor. He's the chief shepherd. This is his gig. What you could call me is an under-shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. This isn't, that's why we won't even, we won't even use the terms senior pastor. I know that's a whole other sermon you want to get into. But we believe that that is reserved for Christ, He's the chief pastor, he's the senior, he's the chief shepherd, he's the senior pastor. What's important to us is each other. We care about each person that calls this home. And, and, I, and I really mean that. We care more about you than what you can do or what you can give or what you can contribute. Like, we just care about you. Because God cares about you. God cares far more about your heart than anything you can do or give to him. And so should we. We very much feel like God is calling us to be a family that loves its own and is there for each other. Not just saying it, but like practically speaking, doing the hard work of what it takes to be a healthy family. You're all, you all are part of a family in one way or another. It takes so much work. It's so rewarding and it's so worth it, but it takes a lot of work to be a family. And so practical how this would look practically is that we believe that our Ohana groups, we don't have many of them, super sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know what to say more than that. But call-driven, that honestly it is. We want the right people, the right time, the right place. But here's the deal. Ohana groups, we call them that because we believe is that that is where primarily the relationships of the church are lived out. Um, we don't see them as a Bible study. That doesn't mean that we aren't reading the Bible and studying it and discussing it and praying it over. But we, we desire that this large gathering, which is awesome and good and right. Well, I don't mean to say like awesome, like look at us. But you know what I'm saying. We're, this is good and right that we worship and are unified and learn the word of God together. But Ohana groups are the smaller gatherings, much like home groups or other things you've been a part of. But we desire that this be the place 
or the lifeblood of the church where relationships are lived out, where we can mourn and rejoice with one another, where there's needs to be shared and needs met in that place, and that we deeply grow in Christ and one another in those spaces. We are actively praying and working towards more Ohana groups. And it would be our desire, because many of you guys are driving from all over the place, which is awesome and cool. And thanks for making the trip, especially if you have kids. Crazy. But our heart is that, like, over the entire island of Oahu, that we would have that. Like, you would have in your context where you work or where you live, like, like pockets of places you know every week you can go, and that is your smaller community where you can get, you can, you can operate as a family. So they're coming. I know. I know. We want all of you guys eventually to be a part of that. But our plan is, is to always have these going and available. Not like an eight-week thing, not like seasonal. And again, I don't want to trip out all you hosts and leaders, like you're doing it forever. Right? Leaders and host homes and days of the week may change, but our heart as a church is to always have intentional community during the week available so that we can foster authentic gospel-centered community. Because we believe that even as Paul would tell Titus, that first and foremost, we are to be a people devoted to God and devoted to one another. We're first devoted and foremost devoted to Christ. But right after that, we are to care for his church, our family, the, whatever local expression you're involved in. And if, if, if you call this home church, this would be, this would be that, that we're called to be devoted to one another. But after that, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. Right? We, we all need to participate and engage and be a part of that. But it doesn't stop there. In our text today, the second thing in our text that stands out is Paul saying to Titus the idea here of being committed to good works. God's own people that are devoted to God need to be committed to good works. Not only do we need to be a devoted family, but we need to be a committed family. Here's the idea here. It is good and right that we're devoted as a family, but it doesn't just stay that way because what happens is you'll be, we'll become too insular. We'll become too much of a bubble. The Christian world hardly has trouble being in its own bubble. We will become this like insular, stagnant um, bubble if we don't care and aren't about our father's business. If we're only devoted to one another and we're not committed to do good works for God's kingdom, it's going to get really weird really quick. And I love how Paul connects it because he, he gets that too. We're supposed to be devoted to one another but also committed to our Father's business, committed to good works. Jesus uses that phrase, Father's business, in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Jesus is just like a junior higher on the steps of the temple, seriously. Read it. His, his family forgets him. That's hard. It's hard to know why, how you could do that. But for like three days. No, seriously. Like they, they travel away. Where's Jesus? I thought you had him. Right? This is crazy, but it happened. They left Jesus on the steps of the temple. They go back in Luke. And Jesus is obviously being Jesus and talking with the, 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 the you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the temple. He's obviously being amazing. And 
Jesus' family say to him, Luke 2, 49, he said to him, why do you seek me? Like, this is the parents saying, like, what happened? Where were you? And Jesus says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is 12-year-old Jesus. <laughs> has it so right. But he says, I need to be about what God has for me. That's what I've been doing. I've been doing what God has. And our father's business, our father who is in heaven, our perfect father, is all about doing good things for humanity, and we are to be a part of those good things. In the same way that Jesus was, we're to be. And what that is, is seeing God's kingdom coming and going forth into the world. It's showing and sharing God's love and grace to all that do not know. If you were to, like, break it down even further, what's God about? What's his business you're talking about? What's his will for all the world? You could say it's regeneration, redemption, and restoration. Let me just tell you what that means. Regeneration is like us being saved, us being transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of our beloved son, being born again, being transformed like the, the moment that we surrender and give our life to the Lord and he becomes our Lord and Savior, like we, we start regeneration, we're regenerated, we're new creations, that way we get born again. God is about that, right? He's about seeing all of humanity being freed from the power of Satan and being transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. First and foremost, he wants to see the world come to know his love and be saved by it. But also, there's redemption, right? There's, there's, there's work that God wants to do. He wants us to, to, to be transformed and sanctified and become more like Christ. He wants to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. He wants to turn our mourning into dancing. He wants to bring joy where there's sorrow, comfort where there's pain. I mean, all of that. God desires to redeem humanity, to regenerate it, to redeem it, to transform it. And ultimately, we know that one day it will be fully restored. All the bad, all the ugly, everything that's broken, all the effects of sin will no longer be. And it will be perfect. There'll be no pain and there are no tears and no disease and no death. And it will be just how it was supposed to be, completely restored. But in the meantime, God desires for humanity to be reconciled to himself. Remember, what's, what is, why, did, why did God send Jesus? Like, why did Jesus die on the cross? It was all to fix a broken relationship. Sin broke a perfect relationship with the creation and the creator. God desires to reconcile humanity back to himself. And what's crazy is he calls the church to be the ambassadors of that reconciliation. Think about that. Like, we're the ones that are actually supposed to see it come to pass, to be used to see it happen. We're to represent. What does an ambassador do? It represents usually the country or the people or the person that that's, they work for or that they're a citizen of. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. Our desire, our hope as believers is to participate in God's business by reconciling the world back to him. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says this. Again, Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, right? You're regenerated, you're redeemed. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we may become the righteousness of God. Our call as Reality Honolulu is to be ambassadors of reconciliation to our neighbor and to the far corners of the earth. If you know anything about the history of where you live, much has been done in the name of God here in this land, good and bad. I believe... A handful of us, maybe many of us, believe that God is calling us to pray into seeing healing and restoration with Native Hawaiians, with the church, with Christians, and with God. I believe we're called to be prayerful, be sensitive, be humble as we tackle the hard stuff. But we are aware and that we should be aware of what happened and desire God to heal and restore. I am not by any means sure of how this would look or what that would look like. But I do know that a special and unique calling for us as a church is that we need to care, we need to be aware of what happened and be a source of love and grace. Amen? In the next chapter of Titus, chapter 3, verse 14. You, you can turn there. I'll, I'll read it for you, though. Titus 3.14, Paul is building off this idea. Be devoted, be committed. But then he says, our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. Paul, a chapter later in his letter, hey, if you didn't get it in chapter 2, I want to make sure you understood. We are, need to be engaged in the needs around us locally. This is what Paul is saying. This is what Paul is saying here. Titus, the church, the leaders, the elders, and the bride of Christ need to meet pressing needs so that we wouldn't be unfruitful. And so practically, we're asking God and pers pursuing ways which we can meet pressing needs. There's a lot of them here. If you look around, if you know anything about where we live locally, there's incredible poverty, substance abuse, Broken homes, broken families, domestic violence, right? Just the dynamics of the cost of living, living on an island, and all that comes from that. In our community, there's lots of needs. And we as a church need to be involved, like bare minimum. We need to be used by God to meet the needs, of, meet the needs with the resources that God has given us. Like we have to be. In a good way, not forcefully, but we should because God is engaged in more local outreach this year. 
And we're going to do that. Like, we're going to present opportunities to you guys. We're actively praying and looking for what God is calling us to because we really want to. Like, when we, once we say yes and get involved, we want to be all in. We want to, like, do it right and be committed to it. And so we'll let you know what that would look like locally. But also, like many times before, not just here, but wherever God would say go, we want to be a church that says, here I am, Lord, send me. And so a huge part of our heart is that we would be ambassadors of reconciliation in the world. Specifically, we feel like God has targeted the Pacific and Asia as an area where he's going to have us pray for or send you guys to or support stuff that's already going on there, but we feel like pretty strongly that God desires to use Hawaii in a really cool strategic way for the gospel to go forth to the nations. We so, like, it burns in my bones that God wants to do this. It really does. And again, I I believe he's calling to a more long-term type of of missions. Again, not to say we won't do short-term stuff, but Probably all our short-term stuff will be supporting a more long-term work. But we're called to be ascending church. Like, we just are. And missions to us is not just an afterthought or another ministry on the website. Like, it's a, it, it feels like God is having us. It's a big part of our DNA. Like, if there's a, a top couple, that's going to be one of them. And as Paul tells Titus... He says, not only do you need to be devoted to the people of God, but you need to look at what he says in the New Living Translation. Jonah, can you go back to Titus? Can you go back to the scripture for today? Okay. The the end, he says, to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. So totally committed in our language would mean all in. Like we're all in. Like we've counted the cost, we're willing to do whatever it takes to be committed to our Father's business. So as a church, we, we, we got to be committed. We have to be. We want to be. It's what pleases the Father, and because God cares, we should care. We should care what God cares about. We should feel the way God feels. We should be moved the way God moves. Application. Okay, okay, that's good. This is great. I mean... Maybe you're in, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to leave. I don't know. But if you're in, and you want to be part of this, this is your home church, you're like, yeah, God, I'm all in. Let's do this. Here's how all of this comes to pass. Prayer. Starts here. Sustained by it. We got to pray. All We cannot do any of this in a moment without praying. So as a church... Another huge desire that we have this year is for us to grow in prayer, to like see the value of it, to engage in it, to do it more, to listen, to to seek God in prayer for continued direction and for strength, to pray that his kingdom comes and his will is done. If we're not praying, it's going to be hard, if not impossible, to actually stay in the will of God, be strengthened by God's will, unless we see, are seeking his face continually. So we want to commit to that. We want to in, invite you into that. We want to charge you guys with joining us. Every Sunday morning at 930, I know it's like 
a little earlier, but we're praying outside. We're praying for the service, the gathering, the kids' church. We're praying for this to happen. We want to do it more in our Ohana groups. We want to dedicate more of those nights and more of those times to specifically praying into our church and our community and the nations. We're going to be doing that. Once we start more, too, you can be a part of that. Sorry. Um, also, we want to start additional prayer times that are committed to, like, seeing God move in these ways. Like, we just want to pray more because we know that prayer moves the hand of God. Charles Spurgeon, as many, many people would know him, Prince of Preachers, he spoke of prayer meetings this way. He said that prayer meetings are the lungs of the church. And what he meant by that is that prayer meetings are the way that life is breathed into the church. And he'd be the first one to admit that anything good that came out of his church or his sermons was it because there was so many people praying that God would use them for his glory. Prayer is the way that we discern God's will. It's the way that we're strengthened to carry it out. And so today is not only like vision casting, but it's also a charge, an exhortation for all of us to be participants and engage in this. And so Family, like reality, ohana. Let's be devoted to Christ, devoted to one another, and committed to our Father's business this year. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you that this is, it's your business and not ours. Thank you that this is your church, not our church. God, thank you that you invite us in to being part of your family, but also into the building of your kingdom with you. We take that as an honor and a privilege, something that we do not take for granted. God, would you stir in us uh, a passion, a desire? maybe even the tools or how it would look to be a devoted family and a committed family. God, thank you for this local expression of your universal church, uh, your, your church worldwide. We thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing on a larger scale. And so we, God, we really corporately want to say that, God, we ask that your will would be done. Continue to make us a rich deep, authentic, Christ-centered family. And God, would you give us boldness and courage and the, and the tools, the resources to be committed, totally committed to what you're about. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit's doing. Give us obedient hearts. God, we pray that you would, by the power of your Spirit, you would do this in us. God, we, we know that we cannot do this on our own. The same spirit, though, that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So Holy Spirit, we need strength to do this. God, we ask in Jesus' name that you do this.